0: Welcome to OK Stupid, a guide to self sabotage in the world of online dating. The names have been changed throughout this story. I should have changed my own. Welcome back to another episode of OK Stupid, a guide to self sabotage in the world of online dating. This is episode five. I didn't think it would last this long either. That's a total lie. I know exactly how long this is going to last because I've already written it all down. Anyway, um, we're entering the third section, part three. Part one was accepting failure joining an online dating site. Part two is the history of matchmaking throughout history. The history of matchmaking throughout history. Match. you get the idea. I don't need to draw you people a picture because you're smart. You already found this show. You're the best. I don't know why I'm talking like I'm a weird motivational speaker. I should stop that. (laughs) All right. I'm just going to get right into it, shall we? Yes? Good. All right. And I need to say all right again. Part three, the leftovers or dating people still single in their 30s. A year after my last relationship ended, I'm fully committed to the online dating world. Searching through profiles, I become a junkie looking for the next score. My web browser has at least a dozen tabs open each night while I scan the profiles of potential dates. During the day, I walk down the street, passing faces I know I've ogled the night before. I I put in a lot of hours online. Two months in, I've sent dozens of messages, and I've had one response so far. I decided to get a little more aggressive and forward with my messaging. I sent this one. Hi, let's go to Ghana or Madagascar, or both. Africa and Antarctica are the two continents I've yet to explore. I'm not sure that there's much to do in Antarctica, so how about we start in Africa? Cheers, Anthony. Yeah, I invited a stranger to go to a continent in another hemisphere, and the thing was, she was into it. My time chasing the dragon had paid off. From her profile, she looked cute, well-read, versed in multiple languages, and an attorney. That's a lifestyle I can get behind because she could pay for my lifestyle. A free online dating site with a cute, single, polyglot professional woman? I hit the jackpot. A week later, I was on my first online date. Launch the fireworks, people. to meet at a wine bar. From the bar's website, it looked dark and intimate. I needed a place with poor lighting. The previous night, I went out with my friend, Hank. Hank was fun, but he was also the guy that, after one beer, would always suggest the same thing. Yo, let's go to a strip club and get coke. Strippers have coke. They always have coke. Suffering from a lifetime of sinus problems and not having any desire to shove something up my nose that came out of someone's ass, cocaine has never hold any appeal to me. On the other hand, I hadn't seen a live naked woman in months, so the first part of his equation sounded good. By the time we arrived at Jorge's Mexican Restaurant, I can't actually recall the name of this particular establishment, but Jorge's Mexican Restaurant is how it appeared on my credit card bill a month later. That credit card bill gave me a mild heart attack because I had to figure out how the hell I bought $500 worth of Mexican food at 3 in the morning. I found out. So by the time we get to this gentleman's establishment, we're already drunk. This was not a good plan, because the next day I have the first date, and a first date is a job interview. Showing up late or drunk is bad form. After this night of debauchery, I waited in front of a wine bar on a quiet side street for my first internet date. Lila arrived and had enough energy to carry my corpse through the evening. She told me about her time spent as a child in Africa, how most of her youth was spent in Switzerland near the French border, how she felt her life as a mortgage attorney was soul draining. I listened and both thanked and cursed my hangover. Cursed it because I could not focus. Thanked it because it prevented me from seeming overly anxious. After a few hours of getting to know each other, we left and I walked her to the subway. On the way there, she made an odd confession. I hate the bus. It's slow because of the cripples. Being hungover made me laugh this off. I thought she was telling a hack joke, not espousing her worldview. The sweet, cute girl made an edgy joke, yay. This could be part of her attempt to separate herself from her job. Early on on the date, she told me about her recent adventure getting a nose ring and how she wanted a tattoo that went down her neck to her breast. The tattoo sounded painful and the nose ring was thankfully a small diamond on her left nostril. If it were one of those bull rings that pierced the center of her nose, I would have ran for the door. My cool hung over. Demeanor paid off because a couple of days later we had our second date. I was dating. Thank you, Internet. This was easy. Unlike my friend Kurt, I didn't need a date every night of the week. On my first go-round, I found a successful educated woman. After a month of scrolling through potential mates, I'd won. Yeah, let's go. Why the hell were my friends having such a hard time with online dating? I don't know man, online chicks are weird, Hank told me. He said this after recounting a story about how he might have went home with a dude the other night. Look, I don't know. I needed a place to crash. The next morning, I went to use the can and, well, whatever, man. We only spooned. Nothing wrong with spooning. Come here and give me some spoon. I didn't give him any spoon. Because Hank looked like a greedy spooner. The kind that stole all of the blankets and crowded the bed. Things with Leela started great. She was a woman full of feminine charm and without an Adam's apple. It was the second act of our relationship that became problematic. I went to my new internet girlfriend's house, used her bathroom, saw the most horrific thing imaginable. She'd hung a calendar in her bathroom. And this was not one of those pictures of cats or the Grand Canyon. This was much worse. It was labeled Fertility Calendar. know the secret for picking up a woman forget dating advice books with titles like the player's guide or hook up a handbook the books that tell you to say something negative about her hair or to dress like an extra from a from a metal video my advice is to go into any bar library or dairy queen walk up to any single woman in her 30s tell her you want children instant ovulation you will actually hear the ovum eject from the ovary it is cruel but it is also very, very effective. When I told my friend Carissa this theory, her response was to slug me on the arm. On your online dating profile questionnaire, one of the questions they have is, uh, how do you feel about children? A, want them. B, like them. C, hate them. D, whose children? On my profile, I chose B. People that hate children creep me out. Kids are weird, sticky, and hilarious. Like puppies. It's so much fun to get them worked up and then leave them to their owners. Ha! <laughs> have fun with the poop! I didn't know that the answer to this question could have such an impact. After I saw the fertility calendar, I made sure to tell Lila that I didn't want kids. For some reason, she thought I was kidding. She was Swiss, and they have a different sense of humor than most people. So I, I ignored it. Over dinner one night, I told her, We shouldn't see each other anymore. We're too different. On the weekends, she liked to take me out to the industrial wastelands of the city and take photographs photographs of crumbling bricks, garbage, and things like that. On the weekend, I preferred not to do that. We also both liked to watch the show Mad Men, but for different reasons. The characters in the story attracted me. Leela, on the other hand, used it as an aphrodisiac. Halfway through watching an episode, she would maul me. At first, this was exciting. Go ahead and transfer your feelings for Don Draper on to me. Why not? But after an entire season of episodus interruptus, her sexual advances became annoying. Why is Betty fat now? I have no idea. She also agreed that we should end it. Then she turned the conversation around. She told me, we should film ourselves having sex. (laughs) Should we? (laughs) Lila had a very innocent look about her, an innocent look with a strong, powerful sexual energy below the surface. She didn't even wait for my response. She got up and I followed. Over the course of one's life, there are moments where your true self comes out, times that you are tested and you see what you are made of. My sense of self came into focus while I watched a video of myself getting fellated. There's nothing quite like that disembodied feeling of watching yourself in the act. It's horrible. I don't have the right body for porn. That was a bad idea. Don't worry, the file was immediately deleted. Uh, But our relationship wasn't. It was a tenuous and obviously temporary rekindling. Not much later, she dumped me via text message. Which was weird, because I was on Sprint, and it took me like an extra week before I got the message. Don't worry. I'm not on Sprint anymore. That concludes another episode of Tales from Online Dating. Or, okay, stupid, a Guide to self-sabotage. This episode is sponsored by Marcy Raider, the MoPro coach. Helping mobile professionals and business travelers be healthy, productive, and kick ass on the road. Because no one wants to date an unhealthy, unorganized, hot mess. Unless they're really hot. Then you'll put up with anything. Check out her book, Hack the Mobile Lifestyle, Six Steps to Work Well and Play More. It's available on Amazon.com. If you want to be a big fan of the show, go to iTunes, rate the show highly. That'd be great. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. Goodbye.